Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Bill Zacharias, and you're listening to Eat for the Planet. On this show, we try to answer the question, how can we eat in a way that nourishes us without starving the planet? The show features conversations with food industry leaders, health and sustainability experts, as well as entrepreneurs and creative minds who are redefining the future of food. This episode is part of a series of episodes produced in collaboration with Plant-Based World Expo. The European edition of the Expo will be the biggest 100% plant-based professional event in Europe and is scheduled to take place November 30th and December 1st, 2022 in London, UK. Alexis Gautier, my guest on this episode of the podcast, will be one of the featured speakers at the event. Thank you so much for joining us on the Eat for the Planet podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. This may sound like a very simple question for me to start off with, but um, you can take it anywhere you want to. But why do you love food? <laughs> uh, why do I love food? Uh, actually, I, I, I love food because it's one of the, the, the few real pleasure you have in life, you know, being healthy, um, having taste buds and um and constantly looking for something that's going to give you um, pleasure. I think food is uh, such a wonderful source of pleasure. For, you know, life is too short not to constantly looking for the the, the, the pleasure. And and food is uh, give you so much pleasure. So I think that's that's why I love food. I'm actually fascinated by food. My entire life is is around food. You know, so that's uh, that's that's really me. Yeah, and obviously you started pretty early with your interest in food. Can you take us back to what was the first spark uh, where you you thought maybe this is something I want to dedicate the rest of my life to? Well, I don't know whether there had been one moment in my life, uh, but obviously coming growing, growing up in south of France, um, with um, with grandmothers, you know, like a lot of French chefs uh, who were who knew recipes, delicious recipes, and most importantly, were cooking with love. Um, and I was lucky to be to be cooked for by people who I think really loved me. So they were putting everything they had, you know, uh, into into the way they, they fed me. And, and I really received it and I felt it. And uh, and I think that's where the, 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 the love for, for food came. And then obviously love for cooking. I love experimenting. I remember doing crepes for my sisters. Maybe that was a way for me to uh, showing her love and I don't know and 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 making cakes for my friends and uh, yeah, the, I, it was a tool of expressing my love for other people. So I, I you know I was lucky enough to transform that into my job, and um, and I've never looked back. Yeah, I mean I, it's funny you kind of answered my follow up question, which was really going to be what do you want your food to express, and I think you. You sort of answered that is that you were exp- using your food to express love to others. 
How's that changed and evolved over the years now that you've been involved on the business side of food too and have been, you know, run several restaurants? Uh, has that changed? Has that has that expanded or contracted over the years? Oh, yes, definitely expanded. And I think the, the, the maturity of... Uh, of a human being going through the life and getting older and older helps you to uh, transform this desire to, uh, uh, to, 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 to express love into a desire to do something meaningful uh, through, uh, through love. And that probably, uh, you know, moved into, uh, uh, I don't know, a slightly more philosophical way of looking at how to express love and what I can do um, as, as you know, with, with this with this love, and, and then I think it, it, it you know it matured into um, something 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 bigger like altruism, um, and uh, and uh, it's it's a sort of love too, and all of this blend into what I was doing. I think is making the person I am at the moment. And you know, you would let's just take a, a typical diner that that comes into uh, your one of your restaurants in in London. Um, let's just take Gautier Soho. What kind of experience are you trying to have them? Uh, are you trying to provide for them? Do you really? I'm sure you think a lot about that, both in terms of the food, but also the the entire environment in which they're consuming the food. Is that something that you can sum up uh, in a few words? Well, I think I, I'm always positioned myself uh, as a customer. So when I when I design the restaurant and the uh, the experience people are paying for, because uh, they, they, they you know they, they, they are paying for it and they want to have full experience, and it's an experience I have dreamt. So an experience of uh, uh, delicious food with a strong Frenchness in it, because this, they are also buying into um, who I am and. Uh, and you know I'm a French chef, so they want to have that as an experience, and um, and and the experience has to be memorable. So there is so many things that comes into the equation: the way we serve, the story we have to say, uh, the season we are in, the way I cook, um, until the moment they leave. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's 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 a whole package, and and, I, and I, it's always on my mind. I'm always thinking over and over about it and hoping that um, every day is getting better and better for for the customer's experience. Yeah, and you mentioned you're obviously a French chef. You've been classically trained, and your restaurant has reflected that since you launched, I believe, in the year 2010. That's right. But but even looking back to the early days of uh, you as a chef, you've always had a bit of a focus on vegetables. So this isn't necessarily something that only happened within the last um, six years or so. Um, But there was a bit of a moment in 2016 when you personally started to change the way you ate and um, slowly your restaurant started to reflect that in the menu. Can you just tell us a little bit more about your passion for vegetables and plants and then how did that evolve uh, as your restaurant grew? Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, it's a long story, and it's really um, you know throughout my life, as I said about my my my, my grandmothers who were cooking for me because I came from south of France, you know, um, vegetables were you know a massive part of the uh, of the local recipes. Uh, I remember my grandmother doing some aubergine stew, and when I was starving, 
I will have this aubergine stew and it will be so delicious that now every time I'm starving, I'm dreaming of having a, a, an aubergine stew. So, and then after I, 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 I was lucky, very lucky to work with, uh, with Alain Ducasse in, in Monte Carlo, where Alain Ducasse really was the, the, the first three Michelin star chef who introduced um, uh, an entire menu, an entire tasting menu or gastronomic menu around vegetables. Obviously, it, it, the restaurant was based in Monaco and there is the influence of Provence from the West and there is the influence of Italy and, um, and the north of Italy on the east. So it's perfect combinations to find inspiration and perfect ingredients all year long. And then after that, I, I was again super lucky to work as a private chef for, for a family in San Francisco, actually. And, um, and this family in San Francisco had a, had a farm in, uh, in Atherton, which is, you know, right in the middle of the, now the Silicon Valley. But in the, in the early 90s, that was just, you know, somewhere rich people from San Francisco had uh, like summer houses. And they had this massive farm there uh, with all sorts of, um, you know, obviously seasonal vegetables and fruits. And um, I will go in the morning and talk to the, to the gardener and I will tell him what I was hoping to be cooking and he will just pick vegetables for me and then I will, um, I will prepare those vegetables for this family. And I did that for you know, almost two years and that really helped me to, um, to develop my own personality when it came to um, creating recipes or um, interpreting vegetables. And, um, and then I came to London and obviously you know, um, opened my first restaurant and there was there was a tasting menu around vegetables and vegetables have always been you know mainly the center of my inspiration. Then I wrote a book called Vegetronic in 2012, where you know vegetables were really the center of the dish, but there was still I was still using um, animal product. And then I had um, I had people outside my restaurant one day um, complaining that I was um, using. Um, using foie gras, which now thinking back, I feel so ashamed about, but you know, hey, that's life. And then discussing with them the impact of um, me serving that had on the animals, starting to um, uh, push me to, um, to look more into um, animal consciousness and, um, and, and the impact I was having uh, through my jobs on, the, on other people. And I, and I read a book called... Um, Antispecist, which is a, a French book by um, um, a journalist called Emric Caron. And when I finished this book, I, I thought to myself, hey, now I know what I know. It's impossible for me to carry on being the person I was before I started this book. So my first decision was to obviously become vegan immediately. And um, and then I decided that I will transform my restaurant into this, you know, gastronomy, French gastronomic temple into a French vegan gastronomic temple. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and slowly, slowly, we removed uh, all the animals and all our creative, um, um, all our creative stuff was around um, um, vegetable plant-based. And, uh, and I'm so glad now there is... Obviously, you know, for the last now, you know, year and a half, two years, it has been, um, it has been, you know, fully plant-based, and uh, and 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 
and I'm I'm so proud of that, and I'm I'm so glad, and I'm I'm so relieved. But and now I feel like you know I need to I need to I need to convince the world, you know, through my cuisine, with the help of my cuisine, that we are not on this planet to eat other people sharing this planet with us. We are far too smart and intelligent and sensitive and all sorts of things. <laughs> Wow, I mean, I have so many questions there, but let's just go back to 2016 because it almost sounds like your decision to think about the issue and read a book about it could have been career-ending in some ways, right? Because uh, your, yeah, I mean, the heart of um, of classical French uh, cooking or gastronomy, it it almost is. Imp- if you think about it from a traditional sense, it's almost impossible to imagine it without the use of animal products. Absolutely, that was uh, that was a challenge. I was um, um, I was I was ready to take it. Uh, there was absolutely no way. I mean, what kind of what kind of human being I would have been after knowing what I knew in depth, supported by science, um, uh, that I could I could not only continue profiting but um, uh, I mean refusing to accept the facts you know this um, I don't know it was just it was just not possible but yes you're right it, it, it could have been it could have been a massive um, uh, yeah it could have been the end and a lot of people have told me my gosh you're crazy and that not only involved my uh, my customers obviously who were very upset or my old supporters but my employees um, who were thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I've got, you know, two kids. I've been working with you for 10, 15 years. And what are you doing? Are you trying to starve my family? Are you trying to destroy this business? So, but at, you know what? I, I, it, it was a crazy thing to do. But now I'm looking back, I think that was the rational thing to do. Um, and to be fair, economically, it has been, um, it has been, it's been unbelievable because, uh, of course, I wasn't the only one to realize that at the time I was realizing it. There was a whole, you know, huge number of people who were transiting, who wanted to change the way they ate because the information is now um, uh, widely available. And, um, and especially in UK, which was a place where the, I think it's quite influential for me, but the, uh, the, the, the Cambridge... Um, declarations on, on consciousness, um, which which is a, a simple paper that recognizes mm. once and for all that 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 the animal we eat um, want don't want to be eaten. <laughs> of course, they don't want to die. Of course, they want to be loved. Of course, they want to love. They want to. They have hopes, just like all of us. And 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 yeah. So anyway, I wasn't the only one. And um, and that's why my my restaurant kept being filled up, and uh, and we could continue, and uh, and that also opened for me great opportunities to become a new kind of um, chef um, in terms of creativity and looking at at, at, at the, the creative skills that I had very differently, and working with my team and my suppliers and uh, and interpreting the seasons around me and everything that influenced me was completely you know challenged and uh, and, uh, and that was really 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 wonderful yeah 
I mean, it's such an interesting fact that you this decision and this change that you experienced was was back in 2016, where you know now looking back in the last say three to four years, there have been a lot of um, restaurants, food companies that have started to talk about using less animals uh, in their supply chain, mostly from a sustainability angle. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to note that your decision was was not necessarily driven by sustainability it was merely the fact that you just didn't want to use animals anymore and and you came to a realization that they were beings and you didn't want to use them as part of your food which is quite different from what most motivations are for a lot of people these days i know i know i know but you know what this is i mean of course it doesn't upset me because you know everybody can see where they're they're, yeah but but we, we 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 tell our customers Everywhere we can, you know, at every corner of our company, you know, the, the message is very simple: is we are doing it for the animals. That's 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 all, you know. Uh, uh, um, the, the animals are at the at the center of 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 our process. The love we have for them um, uh, is 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 why we are doing why we are doing that. We want to leave them alone. To enjoy this planet just like we will do and to let them alone and not to eat them because they don't want to be eaten it's as simple as that yeah and and all this i mean of course it's good when people stop eating animals because they want to do it for the planet and uh, but my worry is there is always a little bit of room mm-hmm. for 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 justifying uh eating a little bit and there is absolutely no way we should have one you know, this is this. We are not on this planet for that. We are not meant to, to kill. We are not meant to, to to feed ourselves with animals. And I've got no idea where we went wrong. But I'm working very hard to <laughs> rectify the, the the slight mistake that happened in in, yeah. in, in, in us as a human. Yeah, especially as we've you know evolved and come now in the in the in the year 2022, we we have the opportunity to to have the benefit of science and knowledge and 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 access to different kinds of foods it's almost um it's a it's an it's not such a hard choice to make it just requires some reimagining were you always uh just one more question on this but i do want to talk about what you did with your food but um were you always an animal lover i'm just curious because it 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 uh, was that something that was always part of your life and then this just sort of was an evolution no 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 exactly that's that's the thing um i i I have never ever worried about or cared about uh, animal in the past, and this is—I think I was hardwired, and I really feel bad. I mean, it's not my 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 road to redemption, or you know, I I I, I even even uh, let me tell you something. Even when, even after you know, reading the book and deciding to be vegan and changing my business, I walk in a supermarket and I see dead chicken under cling film. I, it doesn't make, I mean, it should make me sad, but it doesn't. And if I see uh, um, someone next to me having a fillet of beef, I have to force myself to connect the dots, to connect the, 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 the steak with the animal who mm-hmm. did not want to, uh, to die. And that, I think that's, that's the hardest part. Um, and I know that's that's a reason why people 
as much as they would like to be, you know, nice with animals. And uh, we are so hardwired, you know, since we were born mm-hmm. about, um, about, about this disconnection between what we've got in our plates and the animals we've seen, you know, growing or eating the grass in the field. And it's the same for me. So, and I really feel bad about that. I'm hoping that uh, as I get older, uh, the dots are getting getting connected, and I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I will feel. And that's also, and I understand why people, despite all of their knowledge, um, cannot do the, you know, the, the, the total move towards a, a plant-based diet. And this is where, as a chef, I have such um, huge responsibilities um, to create a delicious food that makes you, you know, forget that, you know, you want, it's a bit like, you know, I don't know, it's a bit like smokers, you know, in the past, you know, they say, oh, I can't live without cigarettes. And then one day they, they live without cigarettes because nobody smokes around them. And I think the, the, the shift to uh, is going to be quite similar. Yeah, you kind of need both... Um you know, some some things to change from a systemic standpoint, both in terms of food production and distribution. But I think the even more powerful one is the cultural um, sort of um, mindset or fabric that we all kind of are blinded by and trapped under, right? So as you said, it kind of needs a bit of a rewiring of our neural networks that have just evolved and, and been passed on through generations. Yeah, but I think the, the fastest, the, the shortcut, the shortcut is uh, is deliciousness, and that's mm. what I always um, talk about food being delicious. That's why I always talk to other chefs and ask them to put their creative skills into the mix. Because the more the more we are to create impossible to resist delicious plant based food, the more we will be able to convince people. I think the the whole thing about making them feel guilty or telling them that the planet is burning or there will always be a little bit of space to oh, okay well the other one is gonna is gonna stop eating animals I, I carry on you know because we are so many you know don't worry about me and I think if it's delicious if the food is delicious you, you just forget about it and that's why chefs have, have are so much more powerful than than someone who is gonna lecture you about animal consciousness or someone who is going to do you an expose about the risk of this planet, you know, ending soon. But if I give you something which is seriously delicious, and then you decide you cannot live without eating that, that's that will be that will be mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. That that I mean, I've realized that over. I've been vegan myself for twelve years now, and. Uh, at first, it, I felt like knowledge was the problem and that if only everyone knew, we, we would all uh, make the right choice. Um, yes, yes. But that's not always the case. That's not always the case. And at the end of the day, it's almost forgetting what food is, right? Food um, food is pleasure, right? And we can't forget about that aspect of food. You can maybe intellectually connect the dots and think, uh, I need to change the way I eat. But at the end of the day, uh, when you sit down to eat and you've got you know, limited time and maybe limited money in some cases, you yeah. choose what you're used to. And uh, you absolutely. choose what you and love. There is, there, there is one thing that um, uh, really, uh, I, I read recently um, uh, studies showing that there are still more uh, ex-vegan on this planet than, than vegan. Um, 
and that, and of course the the, the 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 reason for that is despite all the good intentions despite all the you know the the, the, the thinking and the conclusion the intellectual conclusions of of one thoughts into okay I need to become a, a vegan there would be a point in their life when they say oh, you know what I cannot live without this roast chicken. I cannot live without this sushi. I cannot live without, oh my gosh. And how many times have I heard that to justify a, you know, go back into the, the, the world of animal eating. And, and again, that's why, that's why the, the, the position of a chef is so key because you don't have to. I can make something that tastes as good as a, as a, as a, I don't know, California roll or as a, as a tuna roll or no, the roast chicken, don't worry. And, and the ingenuity of the human being is, 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 is now working so hard uh, to, to you know, replace what you, what you think you cannot live without uh, that I am, I'm very hopeful. So, so take us back to, say, 2016 when you, when you first started to transition your menu. I know you didn't do it overnight. Yeah. Um, obviously, you had an established restaurant. You had regulars who loved the food that you were making up uh, until that point, and now here you are um, breaking the rules and and doing something that was slightly outside of the norm when it comes to um, you know French gastronomy, for example. So, how did that process go about? Did you um, yeah? How did you make the change to the menu and? And walk us through those years because I know it continued up till the pandemic, and then obviously yeah. things changed. Um, yeah. So what what we were do what I, what I was doing is to, uh, as I said first, is to remove um, all the creativity uh, in menu designing. Uh, so from this moment, there will be no more new recipes involving animal product. So that forced us to uh, when we wanted to bring a new starters or a new main course. Um, say in summer or in spring, it would be uh, purely uh, plant-based. So that every time there was one dish that qualified to be present on the menu, that will remove one animal-based um, product. But of course, we had to make sure that the transition uh, made sense because we couldn't just uh, start serving green lettuce and tofu, you know, uh, as a starter. We had uh, we had the Frenchness. Uh, that was totally part of our, of our DNA. So, yeah, we were thinking about about the, 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 the flavors. We were thinking about the texture. We were thinking about uh, obviously the retrofaction of, uh, of 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 you know when you taste you know the richness of a French starter, for example, usually usually express you know uh, the animal and uh, the perfect animal. So it, it, it took a lot. It took a lot of um, uh, research and attempt to recreate that. But ultimately, every time we, uh, whether we were doing some sauce or we were doing some I mean, new sauce, a new combination of, of ingredients, the, the 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 ultimate flavors was never too different from when the animal was involved. Why? Because. I realized that the animal who we are eating uh, are the animal that eat plant. We never eat an animal that eat another animal. That's not in the French gastronomy anyway. That's that's very rare. And so actually, the animals tasted of you know 
of of the of the of its own food. So if you <laughs> and that's and, and the only thing missing was the 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 the, the fat, mm. the animal fat, the roasting of the animal fat. But the depth of flavor, we could duplicate it very easily. So it was a complicated process sometimes, especially in the pastry section. But it wasn't an impossible process. And I'm so glad to say that it's probably a natural process. That's why we could unlock um, and, and, and create some dishes that people think it's, um, it reflect Frenchness, it reflect gastronomy, and they are happy to pay a lot of money for it. So um, long process, still in the making, but it's... Um, it's 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 a wonderful um, it's 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 a wonderful time to be a chef. I can tell you. And what's your approach to um, menu development? Are you uh, relying strictly on uh, whole food ingredients or uh, vegetables, or do you also experiment with? Um, as you know, there are several products now in the market yeah. that mimic meat, cheese, eggs, butter, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, of cream. Course. Yeah. So do you turn to those or are you developing everything in-house? So we, we've got two avenues that we take. Um, there is uh, the, 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 the pure, one avenue is a pure, new, creative, French, vegan gastronomy. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's something completely crazy. As far as if you were looking at it 10 years ago and you look at it now, you think, gosh, what are you doing? It's a gastronomy that involves um, uh, aubergine in puddings, and, and wild strawberries in main course. It's, uh, it's a gastronomy that absolutely no boundaries other than the season that leads us. So we are in London and we've got four seasons and we've got ingredients that comes in spring and different than in summer and in winter. And really that's, that's the start of the inspiration process. And then nothing that stops us. We think about um, the texture, we think about what we can add to... Um, to, to, to add a new dimension in the in the in the product but say we work with salsify at the moment and um, and we we, we, we we transform salsify uh, the, the, we, we transform the texture of the salsify while retaining its, its depth of flavor and then we, 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 we merge that with something bitter that you would have never done that in French gastronomy and then we add an element that comes and balance the sweetness of the dish at the end. And, and that's really exciting. That's, that's the modernity. That's, mm-hmm. uh, but that's gastronomy. It's complicated. It takes a lot of time to make, involves a lot of chefs. And on the other hand, we have, we have the 3d printing piece of, um, piece of meat. So you were talking about new kind of ingredients. So of course we, 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 we want to use them. We want to, this is a modernity. This is also the way we, we don't want to sound uh, artisan. We want mm-hmm. to sound progressist. So uh, I, uh, those companies who make, you know, I'll give you an example of 3D printing meat. They make those 3D printing meat because they are like us. They want the world to stop eating animals. So we are going to, to use them and we are going to inflict them the kind, same kind of uh, Frenchness, we're going to inflict them the same kind of gastronomy that we will do, we will have done in the past to a rack of lamb, for example. So it's going to be marinated with, you know, red wine from south of France. And there are going to be a lot of onions and bay leaves and thyme and garlic 
and we are going sous vide for a night. And then after we are going slowly roast it and braise it. And then we are going to reduce the sauce and, and we are going to find that it actually tastes as good as something we will have done 10 years ago, except obviously nobody's dead. And this is, this is mission accomplished again. So it's really two ways. There is a, the future of you know, gastronomy, which is going to look very much like the past, but it's also a future which is going to look totally wild and exciting. And, um, and, and it's, it's the opposite of, of the current French gastronomy, which is anchored in, in old mm-hmm. recipe written 120 years ago by Auguste Escoffier. And, and, and chefs spend their life trying to photocopy this recipe and making sure that it tastes the same as when it was done 100 years ago. And you've got all sorts of people who come and eat in their restaurants and tell them, yeah, it's almost as good as the one I've eaten 20 years ago. And this is the death of French gastronomy as far as I'm concerned. So if anything, um, the plant-based future of French gastronomy is, is, is the only way for it to survive and to mm-hmm. excel <laughs> and not to be not to be not not to be dying like a you know very very old dusty thing you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know how did critics i'm very curious how did critics react to the the changes that you were making i mean you were obviously very creative even before you started to transition your menu into being plant-based and um and it wasn't like you were super traditional in the past. You were probably following the basic rules, but how did that get received? Because you were an established restaurant. It isn't. It wasn't like you came out of nowhere and just started a new restaurant and were doing something different. No, you that's... had to change people's perception of what you were. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, we were known for being, you know, one of those um, Michelin star gastronomic restaurants. In a city like London, so you've got maybe 20 or 30, pretty much using all the same ingredients around the year. So we use, you know, game in winter and I don't know, venison, and then we move to lamb in spring and we'll use, you know, we'll, we'll do rich sauce with um, sometimes lobster, sometimes <clears throat> langoustine, sometimes the beef jus will be deep and reduced. And uh, yes, that was us. And, um, and a lot of customers, you know, they have been celebrating their wedding anniversary. I don't know. They're, 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 they're. And, and, and the guides, the guides, you know, one in particular called the Michelin Guide, um, wasn't very impressed when we started to, to develop uh, a future which was going to be very different to the past we had been sticking with. But that's, I was worried about that. But I, looking back now, I, I don't know why I worry about that because, because the, the, the world was changing and, uh, and, and, and you know, all customers, some of them transitioned with us. Um, some of them got really upset and, you know, were really nasty because how could I, how could I change the restaurant they love so much? And I had thousands of customers who were faithful and will come, you know, every other week for for some pieces of animals cooked 
the French way in my restaurant. And then we removed that and they were really upset and they were really nasty. But on the other hand, I had so many new customers who were kind, supportive, understanding, sharing the same vision of the future that I had. And, uh, and those people really supported me and, uh, and, 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 and now we are not looking back. We are looking, looking to the future. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate to take you back to a, a dark time, but, you know, I feel like I cannot talk to a chef or anyone who runs a restaurant without bringing up the year 2020 um, and the start of the pandemic. How did it impact you? What 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 happened? If you can walk us through that, because uh, and, and, I'll, and there's a silver lining to the story because you reopened in 2021 and that's when you reopened as an entirely plant based restaurant. But how was 2020? I can't imagine that was a that was an that was a good year for you. <laughs> yeah, that was very stressful because obviously now we look back and we can see what happened and we can uh, pinpoint the exact date where things happened. Yeah. But obviously, we were totally blind of the future and we didn't know whether this, you know, like everybody else, I guess. Um, but where, where the um, where 2020, we had the um, first lockdown here in UK. I was, I was, I was hopeful that you know it wasn't going to last and. Uh, and then, of course, it lingered, and um, and maybe the first couple of months, I didn't want to do anything. You know, we, with my staff, we just stay at home and we're hoping for a better day. And then I said, okay, well, maybe uh, you know, we should we should start doing um, um, home 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 kit. And as we were, to, to be to be honest, as we were not fully plant based by then, I said, okay, maybe we are going to do some. Um, um, kit, uh, home kit, obviously plant-based, and maybe we've got one which is uh, which which still has uh, animal product. And that that, and the minute we 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 promoted them, I could see that ninety-five percent of our box were purchased by people who wanted to eat plant-based. Obviously, the uh, the, the, the 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 COVID pandemic. And had an impact on people's perception of how they should be eating, slight, slight. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I said, okay, well, we are just going to do some um, um, uh, plant-based, one hundred percent vegan uh, a box home kit. And then every week we were, we started to do the the, the classic gochiso box, and then and then we decided to to because it was too boring to repeat the same box over and over. We started to explore the world. And that had, was an amazing experience for all of us. I mean, all of us people who were involved in the create, creation of uh, plant-based cuisine, because it took us one week to Rio de Janeiro, and we we were we were uh, studying the the plant-based delicacies of Brazil. The following week, we went to uh, Vietnam, and uh, we did the Ho Chi Minh box. The week after, we went to Kinshasa, and we did uh, the the. The, the, the African box, and then we went to South Africa, and then we went to um, Moscow, and we went to... So suddenly, we, we found inspiration all around the world. Um, and that was fascinating. And, 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 and the boxes um, were selling so well that every week we sold out, we sold out, we sold out. And we realized that um, people were actually waiting for those boxes to arrive every Friday afternoon. Because when they were stuck at home and they had this box coming and taking them somewhere exotic or 
some yeah. were fascinating, some were they, they were hoping to go, some were they were hopeful to maybe one day going. At least we were delivering some uh, some flavor of the of the destination um, while they could stay in their living room and be safe from COVID. So <laughs> it was it was fascinating period, um, and and even now we have stopped the box recently, only recently, and we get so much demand from boxes but we can't do everything i'm afraid so if there is another lockdown we will <laughs> start again the boxes but at the moment we we concentrate on the restaurant <laughs> no but that's also a you know a, a testament to your ability to create uh, in a moment that you had to adapt right and and it's i guess everyone was forced to think uh, outside the box and do something yes. different but it's almost like yeah you can now you stumbled into doing something that turned out to be so joyful and people now want it and don't want it to go away. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and sometimes I look back and say, oh my gosh, is there a business there? I mean, is there, is there, do I need to maybe, um, you know, rent another kitchen and, uh, and starting the box again? Because clearly, and I, of course, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I only serve people who come to my restaurants, but we realized that we were selling boxes, you know, hundreds of boxes in Scotland uh, boxes in Liverpool and Manchester and Midlands and 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 Northern Ireland and uh, and and it's not everyone who um, had the opportunity to have um, you know a plant-based offering um, around the corner who, um, who could provide something you know of, of this level at the price level we're saying and uh, so you know maybe one day we'll start again and we will we'll go back on our journey of uh, bringing the <laughs> the flavor of the vegan world uh, around Great Britain. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean that's also an, another way to get more people to try the food and experience something that that they probably previously would have never thought could be that delicious. So, it all serves the the cause, I suppose. At the end of the day, uh, so you reopened in 2021, and and that's when you had an entirely plant based menu. How how is how have things been since then? And um, um, you know, how would you sort of describe the food that someone would get in your restaurant if you were to go there today? Uh, and I'm hoping to visit there very soon. So <laughs> yeah, think of me as being the end customer who wants to know the answer here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you need to come and try it, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Obviously, the, the we are offering one, um, one, one eight course menu, uh, eight ten course depending mm -hmm. on the but the eight ten course that reflects the season reflects um, our, our degree of uh, technicality in terms of what we are trying to achieve. And obviously, the mood we are in and whatever influences us comes into the, uh, into the mix. And, um, and it's usually something that goes crescendo. So, you know, um, it's, it's very, um, very green to start with, uh, even though, you know, in, in autumn, you know, we don't have a lot of green things, but got a lot of um, it starts with some some green and then it, it gets it gets darker uh, 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 as we go along the along the menu and in between there is a lot of uh, of um, uh, surprising flavors interesting uh, texture because that's uh, interesting um, um, uh, temperature as well um, and and I work with my sommelier and I work with my waiters to try to create an experience that not only, I mean, obviously it's, it's around the food because you come and get fed, but the message that my waiters 
have is 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 aligned with the kind of things we do so they might question you about you know what what your what's your position about animal consciousness <laughs> and uh, and uh, we might ask you do you know do you know why we are doing that and um, you know how do you see the future of this planet i don't know this is this is quite um, interesting because we we do have a lot of uh, of vegan curious who mm-hmm. come to the restaurant um a lot of people who want to challenge us a lot of people who want us to agree with them that yes we should not eat animals yet we should eat a little bit for x y or z reason mm-hmm. and somehow they seem to want to come here to convince us <laughs> and 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 you can never win an argument with us because it's a question of life and death and and that's the end of it that's the that's just the end of it there is no argument but anyway it's quite interesting for for my uh, for, for, for for my employees um, to be able to have this kind of conversation and and, 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 and and I always say you know we come and we we bring the cross <laughs> of, of what we are doing and we plant it in the middle of the plate of the table every tables every night to every customers and we do it for the animals and we yeah. are so proud and we are so proud um, and, and I can tell you when people spend what they spend with us I can tell you it's 95 pounds per person just for the meal and then they, they, they everybody drinks a little bit to enjoy so the average spend is maybe 150 pounds 200 pounds per head and when they leave the restaurant they feel like they have really had had value for money in in a, in a very gastronomic experience when people who were talking to them were serious they had a message but they were professional and they, they loved doing what they were doing and uh, and it was delicious it was surprising and he reflected you know london 2022 and it's going to be completely different in two years time but that's that's the beauty of it yeah and this is what we are selling and this is uh, this is this is the experience that you will have, uh, you're going to have when you come to a restaurant, hopefully. <laughs> what you're doing is so different from anything I've seen because, um, well, of course, there's, uh, I mean, out here in the U.S., there's, there's ton- tons of all plant-based restaurants now. But no one's bold enough to bring up that issue and, and confront the guests with it because uh, the, the conventional thinking, and at least maybe research points to it, is that be- people... People want to just experience good food. They don't want to be preached to, and they don't want to be, uh, to, they don't want to be asked questions, or their, you know, their their values to be to, to be challenged, and and the and that conventional wisdom, you look at it over here. Every place that sells plant based food, it's it's all about the food, and it's almost like, even sustainability yeah. maybe now in recent years has been started to be brought up because I think it's mostly used as a selling point. It's almost like a marketing tactic. And not to say it's not genuine in some cases, but in many cases it's it's used because they yep. know people are more welcoming to talk about the planet than to talk about uh, uh, a life being taken uh, for your yeah. food. But I think I find that commendable. I think it's brave. I think it's it's kind of risky, and I maybe th- it's different in no, London. No, no, no. But I think, um, I think the, the I come into I come into this world as um, how I say already established. Mm-hmm. Matured, um, and 
and and maybe maybe I've been spending 20 years in this country and the, the eccentricity of, of the, the the British uh, slightly um, uh, but I've got nothing to lose yeah. nothing to lose I I I will I will it, at my last breath the last day of my life if I look back and I haven't been true to 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 those believe and think oh maybe on that day I did not remind the person that what he was eating is a dead animal. I will I will I will feel guilty. I will feel guilty. And I don't want that. I want to I want to yeah, I want to bring this very clear message. It's, this is so basic. This is why it's so sometimes I have to excuse myself to my guests and I say, yeah, it's gonna sound super childish. But we don't want to kill someone who did not want to die. And then I ask them, would you like to be eaten? And they, of course they say no. Well, I say, well, if an animal could speak, it will tell you exactly the same. Of course it doesn't want to be eaten. I mean, it's so, it's so, it's so stupid and simple. And, uh, and sometimes I can't believe people are still trying to argue, oh, yeah, but, you know, the animal, <laughs> he was happy during his life. And I say, what is all, what is, what is this bullshit? What is, what is that? I mean, are you having a, I mean, we are, we, are, we are intelligent humans. We are better than that. If I tell you this person doesn't want to die, it doesn't want to die. End of the story. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and then I, I think it also comes down to because you have a lot of confidence in your own um, talents and abilities. And you've, as you said, you've had a successful um, career leading up to this point. And if you don't you know, stand up for what you believe now, then when? <laughs> right? So it's almost... No, and I was, I was ready to, to, to lose everything uh, I'd spent 25 years of my professional career to build I was ready to, uh, to, to, to I was ready to lose everything but I knew it was not going to happen this is the thing because if it, if it happens to me this kind of uh, you know being enlightened it will happen to thousands of people you yeah. know I don't think that I'm one special individual that sees the light and uh, nobody else seen it and what's the response been from customers? I mean, I'm sure you've had several stories of people who, like, to what extent do you feel like you're helping change people's perceptions? How do you feel? Like, I know it's very tough to measure impact um, because you're one restaurant and, and yes, you serve uh, thousands of customers, but how do you feel people's perceptions are starting to change? The very fact that you've been successful doing this now for a while is probably a good sign. Um, but what else have you heard and seen that, that gives you hope? Well, what I really hope is that more chefs uh, will not be scared and, 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 and will do the same thing um, as I have done. And that, that's really where the difference is going to be. It's when London is full of restaurants like Gautier So, and on any, any other night you can choose between 15 restaurants like mine. At the moment, there aren't any other. So that's, um, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful. I can see, I can see, I can see the world is changing, but I can see how fragile it is also. And I, that's why I'm talking about the ex-vegan uh, yeah. who outnumbered the current vegan. I know how, and there is, um, there is, you know, it's, it's, it's again the clock. You know, we, we are uh, we are we are fighting against that, against people 
you know, feeling really like bothered anymore. Or people who find um, find find weird to be not wanting to eat dead animals. This is the thing for me. People who eat animals are weird. <laughs> not the other way around. But until recently, a lot of people thought someone who doesn't eat animals is the weird one. But for me, it's not the person who is. Um, and I, I and I think people are starting to. I mean, my sister, I think she doesn't talk to me, and she's lives in France. And, uh, two years ago, she will not make me make me feel like I was the, the weird one, you know, not to. But now, when I talk to her, she's trying very hard not to think, not to make me think that she's the weird one. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> so things things are shifting, and now yeah. people. People meet me, and very often they, they, the first thing they say, they say, "Oh, we, 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 we don't eat a lot of meat." Or you know, they are trying to don't don't start thinking that we don't know what it is all about. Um, so I think for that, I think I, I'm very hopeful that people yeah. are starting to, you know, they can see that they are they are feeling slightly odd. You know, they they start thinking that come on, I'm modern, intelligent, well educated, I live in. Uh, in the Western society where I get, you know, proper informations every day and maybe carry on eating animals. It's a bit weird. And yeah. uh, so, and the more people like me tell them that, yeah, yeah, oh my gosh, it's so weird. Uh, what do you know? <laughs> you know, you carry on. The more I think, uh, and that's what we do. We, we, are, we are just, we are not uh, hippies uh, with uh, long hair and sandals <laughs> and grain eating. No, 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 no. Not at all. Yeah. So I think I think that's changing, and that's 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 I'm pushing very hard for that. Oh, and it's definitely becoming more normalized. I mean, I see it like the the, the even press coverage now versus how it used to be six seven years ago. I yeah, there were definitely many years there that I definitely felt like a big outsider. Not to say that it's the norm now, but you can definitely feel. Um, that the the knowledge about the scale and the the brutality of animal agriculture is becoming more well known, um, and is you and usually first they think about it through a sustainability lens. But once you dive deeper, you can't help but see the reality of it. Um, yeah, has nothing to do with sustainability, but more to do with no. it's just this, this not the right thing to do. Um, Absolutely. Uh, do you get, you know, this may sound like a, a random side question, but I'm sure you get being someone with your background, um, do people come to your restaurant or others when you first started to make the shift in your menu turn to you and say, but Alexis, what about cream and butter? Like, how are you going to, to make a menu and, and how are you going to create food without that? Um, and I'm sure you figured it, out, figured it out. Do you make that all again on your own, or do you rely on certain products? How's what's your approach to that in your cooking in general? Mm. Well, on 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 the on the on the use of uh, of cream and 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 butter and uh, and things like look like milk. I mean, to be fair, it's 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 so easy now to find um, uh, plant based alternatives. Who I mean. I recently did a blind test of, uh, I mean, of, of different kind of plant-based uh, butter, and and they were all so good. I, I for 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 a moment I thought I was being fed 
um, animal-based butter. So we 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 use them. Um, it's it's part of our integral part of the, the way we have totally um, uh, brought them into uh, into to our recipes proudly, very proudly, um, and we support. And I'm always happy to support, uh, like um, uh, you know, someone who has cracked uh, the the plant-based mascarpone, for example. You know, mm-hmm. I, for me, it's like uh, whew, it's a, it's, a, it's a sense of relief. You know, I said, my gosh, we're going to be able to have amazing tiramisu <laughs> without uh, you know, without you know, plant- this is this is for me, it's delightful. Yeah. Being able to, um, yeah, and to, to, to see, and 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 the future, you know, um, don't, don't stop me on the on on stem cells um, <laughs> things because I am so hopeful about that. I, I have seen it. I've, I've tasted it recently. I was very lucky to try it, uh, a, a terrine terrine de foie gras mm. made by this French company called Gourmet. Out of um, stem cell um, taking t- taken from from the, the, the cell taken from the the egg, yeah, um, the duck egg. So, you know, the abuse was really minimal, and they managed to create this sterine which tastes just like the one I had, you know, twenty years ago, and tasted so delicious. And so I'm, I'm you know. Maybe, maybe during my lifetime, I'll be able to 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 get my 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 liver fat again with some <laughs> delicious foie gras, you know, stem cells foie gras. I mean, I'm I'm super hopeful because, yeah. as I said, I talk about the ingenuity of the human being. Um, some think they are doing it for the planet, but every time they save an animal life mm-hmm. with, with that kind of product. It's mission accomplished as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and you're sitting at the cutting edge of it because you're using the best of your decades of experience um, yeah. on the culinary side and, and merging it and keeping an open mind, not staying traditional, keeping an open mind about new technologies. Oh, um, yes. And those companies need chefs like you Absolutely. to be able to push the envelope on what's possible with their food to almost prove that, you know, like this is the future and we have, the future is almost is already here. It's only a yes. matter of time. Absolutely, and I'm so, and I, I have put my my energy recently. I, um, you know, I was asked to to go and cook for twenty five partners in one of the biggest investment bank in Switzerland, who needed to be convinced that, you know, the plant based future is real, and they asked me. They said, "Can you go and cook for them?" Because those 25 partners, they still think that in 20 years' time, people will be eating, you know, filet of beef and and, and, yeah. and lobster terminal or whatever. And I want them to realize that they need to put money, they need to they need to invest in startups, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the food tech industry. And for that, they need to eat your food. So I went there, and I had lunch speech with them, and I cooked my food. And and I can assure you, they did not miss animal at all and there are those people who eat in mission star restaurants and they go yeah. and have like uh, you know fillet of sea bass with cream sauce and uh, and uh, i don't know langoustines in uh, in uh, armorican sauce or whatever anyway 
I talked to them and I said, look, this is the future. This is where you need to you need to put all of their resources, not only to save the planet, but also to save, you know, to for the future of the human beings, because this is what they are going to be asking. Don't worry, we are here, we are cooking the future. You need to finance it. And I, I do that, you know, I talk to people, I, I meet a lot of people and, uh, and, and I want to convince them and I want them to eat my cuisine to convince them as well. Yeah. And this, this perfectly um, aligns with my next and final question, which is, uh, what do you hope the world will be eating in the year 2050? Ah, yes, that's very interesting. Well, I'm hoping that they will eat delicious food that's good for them. I think... I know what they are going to eat. They are going to eat 3D printed Wagyu steak made out of the best, the most valuable Kobe beef on the planet. Someone has taken one stem, has created this mass, and this mass has been printed in the in, in exciting, delicious shape that we are cooking. And actually, this meat is so good for you tastes so good that you'll be you'll make sure that no animal is being killed because the minute we kill we, we can't eat it anymore so we have reversed the uh, the whole uh, the, the, the whole world of killing to enjoy no no you need to keep them alive to enjoy them and I think that's that's what people will be will be eating the future will not be much different I think of, uh, of, of, of what we are eating there will be maybe a few changes but I think the food is going to be as delicious. Because as a race, us human beings, we can do so much better than what we are doing. And I know that. I'm very, very hopeful that we will be creating you know, an array of delicious food that, that, that tastes like the planet without impacting anybody that lives on it and obviously not impacting the planet itself. Well, Alexis, uh, I thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. I am really fascinated uh, by everything you just outlined today. I uh, can't wait to try the food myself. Uh, and I appreciate you taking the time today to chat with me. This has been an absolute pleasure. No, that was a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And I, I, I look forward to um, cooking for you when, uh, when you are in London. You've been listening to Eat for the Planet with Nil Zacharias. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to show your support, all you have to do is subscribe to this show and rate and review it. To learn more about this podcast or my work, go to eftp.co. That's eftp.co. Thank you for listening.